In the end of this week's parsha, we have a pasuk of Chol Maser Bokar Vatsoin Koyla Sheriaver Tachas Ashovet Hoasiri Yiyeh Koydesh Lashem. This is the mitzvah of Maiser Behema, which basically is that every tenth animal, cattle, sheep that a person has that a yid has is holy for Hashem. It's brought as a carbon. How do you actually take this Maiser? You would take in all of these animals into a pen. You would make a little opening for them to go out. You're counting them with a stick as they're walking out. One, two, three, etc. The tenth one that comes out, you make a mark with red paint on it, and you say, I raise a miser, this is miser. From this pasuk, we also learn out another halacha regarding the taking off of miser behemo. And that is what says in the last mission of Mesechta Bechoris, that if by mistake you went ahead and you called the ninth one number ten, or if you called the tenth one number nine, or if you call the 11th one number 10, in all of these cases, each one of these is also considered holy. The Gemara says, how do we know that if I call the 9th one 10, the 10th one 9, the 11th one 10, all of these three would be holy? Because the Pesach says, It says all of the Maiser Bokar, which includes all of them, anything that's basically these closest to the 10th one, both before and after. However, regarding to the Kedusha of this 11th one, that you called it number 10, we have a Machloikas and a Mishnah of Rab, between Rab Meir and Rab Yehuda. And the Machloikas goes as follows, but first a little introduction that's not mentioned explicitly in the Sicha, but we know that there's a halacha of something called Tumura, that if a person takes an animal that was designated for a carbon and he says he wants to exchange it for another animal, then actually they're both considered holy. So here we have a machloikas, and this is what we continue now, the Rebbe quoting the Mishnah, where the machloikas goes as follows. This, this 11th one, you bring it as a carbon shlomim, and if you went ahead and decided you want to exchange it for another animal called Tumura, then that animal would also become holy. It's also Tumura. That's what Rebbe Meir says. Rebbe Yehuda argues back and says, V'chiyesh Tumura, Oysa Tumura, does one exchange make another exchange? And so, in other words, he's saying that this 11th one is not proper miser. It's not really holy. It's just as if it was an exchange for the 10th one. So how could one exchange cause that now another one should also be taking the Kedusha? In other words, the 11th one should not be able to transfer the Kedusha even further. The Mishnah goes on and says that it was said in the name of Rab Meir, if in fact this 11th one wouldn't really be properly holy, how could you bring it to the Mizbeach? Clearly it does have a proper Kedusha. So Rabbi Yehuda holds that the Kedusha of the 11th one is only as if it was the Tumura, the exchange for a Miser, because by calling it number 10, when really it's number 11, it's almost like saying this should be instead of number 10, and therefore he claims that the 11th one would now not be able to transfer the Kedusha even further to another animal. So if you would come along to another ordinary animal and say this is instead of the 11th one, the Kedusha wouldn't pass, wouldn't change, wouldn't, wouldn't go further because one Tumura cannot cause another Tumura. An animal that already took sort of second degree Kedusha cannot transfer that Kedusha further. On the other hand, the mayor is of the opinion that the Kedusha of the 11th one is not like a Tumura, it's not an exchange for the 10th one. By you calling it number 10, it got an essential Kedusha and therefore, it could transfer the Kedusha like any other carbon would be able to transfer it one step down. 
What is Reb Meir's proof? Reb Meir's proof, as the Mishnah says, it, that from the fact that you're bringing this 11th one on the Mizbeach, if it would be just like a Tamura, it wouldn't be brought on the Mizbeach. Because according to Reb Meir, the Tamura of Meiser, in other words, if you took the proper 10th one and you said you're, you're exchanging it for another one, that would never be brought on the Mizbeach. However, as the Gemara explains, that Rabbi Yehuda is actually of the opinion that if you did this with Meiser, in other words, if you took the 10th animal and you say you want to exchange it for another animal, that animal would be brought on the Mizbeach. And therefore, the fact that you're not bringing on the Mizbeach, so that's proving, again, according to Rabbi Meir, that it's not actually a Tmura, but it's an essential Kedusha. Now, to understand the Svarah of this Machloikis between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda, is the Kedusha of the 11th one an actual proper Meiser, in other words, an original Kedusha of Meiser, or is it only sort of second degree, it's only exchanged for a Meiser? The Rebbe says, we can explain it in the following way, that Rabbi Yehuda is of the opinion that when you're calling the 11th one number 10, it does not have the ability to create a Kedusha in the animal. In other words, the essential Kedusha of Meiser. Because the essential Kedusha of Meiser is only on something that's actually number 10. Ah, why are we saying that the 11th one is holy if you called it number 10? That is, that through calling the 11th one number 10, the Kedusha of the 10th one is sort of extending and spreading out also to the 11th one. But since it's only an extension from the 10th one, therefore it's similar to the concept of a Tmura, of an animal where you decided to exchange a carbon, where it's only sort of getting a little bit of the Kedusha of the first one, but not an essential Kedusha. And this is why Rabbi Yehuda holds that the 11th one cannot pass on the Kedusha further to make a Tmura, because it itself only got it from the 10th one. And therefore it's not as powerful as the Kedusha of the 10th one, because only the essential Kedusha of the 10th one could pass the Kedusha a little bit further. And it's the same idea because one Tmura, similar to the concept that one Tmura cannot further pass on to another Tmura. On the other hand, Rabbi Meir is of the opinion that the Torah came over here in a way of Xerah. This is a Chiddush that the Torah is giving. That yes, when I call the 11th one by mistake number 10, now it's not only an extended Kedusha from number 10, but it's sort of got an essential Kedusha. Now this 11th one has the full Kedusha of Meiser. And what's Reb Meir's proof? Reb Meir's proof is because if it would have only been, been an extension from the Meiser, you wouldn't have brought it on the Mizbeach. In other words, if we're saying that the Kedusha that was caused by mistake is only similar to a Tmura, so just like the Tmura of a Meiser, again, that would mean if you took an animal of Meiser, proper Meiser, and you said you're exchanging it for another animal, Reb Meir would hold you would not be able to bring that on the Mizbeach because it does not have the proper Kedusha to go on the Mizbeach. So he says the same thing would be true then. If a mistake of Meiser is only like Tmura, it also shouldn't have been brought of a Mizbeach. But since we do bring it on the Mizbeach, Reb Meir is saying, if that's the case, we are saying that it's really an essential Kedusha. Even the 11th one has the essential Kedusha, and therefore it would be able to cause another carbon in turn to become holy. The Rebbe says we need to understand what is actually causing Rabbi Yehuda to say that the Kedusha of the 11th one is only an extension from the 10th, from the 10th one. Why can't we say that it has the actual Kedusha? 
Now, simply, we learn out from the Pasuk of a Chol Masar Bakar Vatsoin, seemingly we learned out that they should all be similar to each other. That yes, that if you made a mistake, the 11th one should be considered proper Miser. And this is a din, like many other dinim in Kachim, that the Torah tells us, even if uh, we wouldn't understand it from other places, but the Torah is telling us Achidish, that this is the halacha. So why can't we say, according to Rabbi Yudha, why can't we say that yes, the 11th one is just getting the full set of Kedusha as if it was number 10? Why is it differentiating between these different maestros that saying that there's the number 10 as one gather and number 11 is only considered like a tmura? So the Rebbe explains, to, in order to understand Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, the Rebbe explains it in the following way. We know that the din, the actual halacha, that the kedusha of one that made a mistake, then it goes to the ninth of the ten, and the tenth, but that's true only regarding to number nine and number, sorry, to the ninth and number eleven is only true regarding nine and eleven. That means this would not be true if you by mistake called the eighth one or the twelfth one number ten. Why is that? So the Gemara says the following, just like the tenth one is holy, the Gemara's expression is Ela Besamuch, which Rashi explains to meaning and not to, to be as meaning the tenth one is holy just because it is closest so to speak, to itself, to number 10. That's the 10th one, is the closest to itself. So therefore, even when you make a mistake, it has to be something that's actually very close to number 10, which is number 9 and number 11. They are going to be the closest to number 10. In other words, what do we see from here? That the Kedusha of when you make a mistake in number 9 and number 11 is not that the tenth one is automatically giving an essential kedusha to that which is to the other ones, because if that's the case, why shouldn't it also give a kedusha to number eight, to number twelve, etc.? But rather, the actual essential of kedusha is something that cannot be removed or taken or passed on from number ten. But rather, it's only extending and spreading out from this number ten to those that are next to it. In other words, what Rabbi Yehuda is basically saying is that it's a Kedusha that's essentially just a number 10. It has the ability to extend a little bit further. But that itself is telling us that it's only an extension of the Kedusha because if it's the essence of the Kedusha that passed on, why shouldn't it be able to pass on anywhere else? But if it's an extension, it's just moving on a little bit, it moves to that which is closest to it. Says the Rebbe, in order to understand what Rabbi Meir responds from the fact that it's brought on the Mizbeach, the Rebbe says we can explain this based on something that we see Rabbi Meir holds elsewhere. And the Rebbe brings a very, very interesting story that we find in the end of Masech Tahirius. And this is what happens in the end of Masech Tahirius. There was a certain situation that Rabbi Meir, the same Rabbi Meir who we're talking about, and Rabbi Nason, because of an incident that happened, they decided and they wanted to cause their Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, who was the Nasi at the time, should be removed from his position. How did they want to go about it? They felt that it was a certain honor, that wasn't, wasn't uh, treated properly, etc. And they wanted to remove him from his position. And they said, they'll do the following. We're going to ask him a question in Mesech to Uktsin. He should, we'll, we'll ask him, he should darshan, he should explain to us matters in Mesech to Uktsin, which he doesn't know that well. And since he won't know it, he won't be able to explain it to us, we're going to say, we're going to quote him the following Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Mi Hashem, Yashmiya Which is translated as, 
who is the one that's worthy and deserving to be speaking about the greatness of Hashem? Only someone that could say all of his praise. In other words, who is the one that could be the Nasi? Only someone that's fluent and can answer us in all matters of Torah. However, what happened was they didn't manage to do this because that very night, Reb Shimon ben Gamliel learned a whole Masech to Uktsin, and the following day when they asked him to speak about Masech to Uktsin, he was able to go on about it and explain it, etc., etc. The Gemara goes on to say, eventually it was found out, this little incident that they tried to do, and a knas was placed on them from Meir Arab Nossen, that nothing will be quoted in their name. In other words, from now on, we're not going to be mentioning things in the name of Rab Meir and Rab Nason. Instead, they're going to be referred to in the following way. Rab Meir is referred to as Acherim, and Rab Nason will be referred to as Yesh Oimrim. Then the Gemara goes further and says the following. Rebbe, who's just important to mention at this point because it'll be relevant, is the Rebbe is actually the son of Rab Shimon ben Gamliel, who they wanted to get rid of, so to speak. Rebbe was teaching uh, Mishnah to Reb Shimon, his son. And he said the following. He said, This very point that we were speaking about regarding Miser, that if it was a Tmura, if it would have been considered only an, extent, uh, an exchange of the original Miser, the 11th one, then you wouldn't have brought it on the Mizbeach. But who did he quote? He said, Achayrim. So his son, Reb Shimon, says back to him, who are these people that you're quoting? We're drinking their water, so to speak, and we're not even mentioning their names. Who are these Acherim? So his father, Rebbe, answers him, these are people that wanted to uproot your honor and the honor of your father's family. Because as we said before, this is, Reb Meir was the one that wanted to uproot, so to speak, in a certain sense, Reb Shimon and Gabriel from his position, and then his family would have suffered and all of that. So his son, Reb Shimon, responds with a posik, Gam avosam, gam sinosam, gam kinosam kvar ovdo. That the love, the hatred, the jealousy, that's all gone already, that's all over. So the Gemara goes on and says that Rebbe retaught the Mishnah. And he said the following, quoting the Mishnah as we said before, Amru Mishum Rab Meir, they said in the name of Rab Meir, if it would have been a Tumura, if the, again, if the 11th would have been considered only Tumura, then we wouldn't have brought it on the Mizbeach. Then the Gemara goes on and says that there was a following Machloikas between Rab Shimon ben Gamliel. Again, important to notice that it's the same Rab Shimon ben Gamliel, because it's supposed to be relevant soon. There's a Machloikas between Rab Shimon ben Gamliel and Rabbonon. And the Machloikas is the following. One of them said, Sinai Odif. The other one said, Oiker Harim Odif. The Machloikas is about what is, pre, what is, the, what is a, a better and a greater level. Sinai means someone that's fluent in all of Torah, just like it was given at Har Sinai, knows all of Torah, fluent in all of Torah. Oiker Harim, on the other hand, literally translated is a person that's uprooting mountains. In other words, someone that could go down into the deep Svaris and ask questions and answers and get deeply involved and so on. So the Gemara goes on and says, so a message was sent to the Chachamim to find out, what do you say? Which one is greater? And the answer came back, if the person that's fluent in all of the halachis and all of the Mishnas, etc., that is greater. 
Because, as the Gemara says, everyone needs the, the masters of wheat, so to speak. In other words, we need the wheat, we need the basic materials of wheat to make the bread and so on and so forth. So it's all very nice to get deep into halachis, but we first need to know all the general halachis. So the Rebbe asks, what is the connection between this machloikis, between Rab Shimon ben Gamliel and the Rabbanon, whether Sinai is greater or Oiker Harim is greater? to the discussion earlier in the Gemara between this whole thing that we just spoke about, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel and Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Nason, which we just said they were trying to get rid of Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, and then we said that uh, they weren't going to be quoted, etc., etc. And following from that comes this whole argument between the same Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel and the Chachamim, which one is greater, Sinai or Oikar Harim. So the Sefer Be'er Sheva explains it in the following way. That it actually is very much connected. Because what happened was, they wanted to remove Rab Shimon ben Gamliel from his Nasius because he wasn't Sinai, because he wasn't fluent, fluent as much as the other Chachamim in the Halachos. As we saw, they thought he wouldn't know Mesech Uktsin. And as we quoted, Hashem, who is the one that could be speaking about the greatness of Hashem? Only someone that can discuss all of Hashem's praise, meaning he knows all of Torah. And the connection to this comes this machloikas between Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel and Rabbonon, whether Sinai is in fact greater. In other words, is only someone that could really speak about all of the halachos, is that the one that's greater? Or, and that's the one that's called Lashmiya Kol Tulaysev, that's the one that could speak about all Hashem's praise? Or perhaps... Who is the one that could really be considered the one that speaks about all Hashem's praise, the one that's oiker harim, the one that could get deeply involved with questions and answers and so on? So Reb Meir and Reb Nosson, again, this is all according to the Sefer, the Reb is quoting Be'er Sheva. Reb Meir and Reb Nosson, they were on the level of Sinai. They were fluent even in Masech to Uktsin. Reb Shimon ben Gamliel was very, very deep and great with his Svaris, but he didn't know Masech to Uktsin. And based on this, this is exactly the continuation of the Machloikas between Rab Shimon and, and Rabbonon, Rab Shimon ben Gabriel and Rabbonon, and according to the same Sefer Be'er Sheva, you know who the Rabbonon are here, are, are over here, the same Rab Meir and Rab Nosan. They are continuing the same Machloikas. Who is actually greater? Is it Sinai, which would be them, Rab Meir and Rab Nosan, who are fluent in the Halachos, or is Oiker Harim, Rab Shimon ben Gabriel, maybe has very deep Halachos. That's very nice. He could go very deeply, but they claim that Sinai is greater. So this is the way the Sefer Be'er Sheva explains it, but the Rebbe has a problem with this. And the Rebbe says the following. We have a Gemara in Sanhedrin, where it says, Kol Someone that would see Rab Meir in the Beis HaMedrish, it would be like someone seeing a person uprooting the greatest mountains and crushing them and grinding them, grinding them one with the other. Oh, so what do we see right over here? Gemara says clearly, Rab Meir is on the level of Oiker Harim. He was the one that really could take and, and, and uproot the mountains in Halacha, so to speak. Another Gemara. The Gemara says in Erevin, It's known before Hashem that there was no one in the generation of Rab Meir as great as Rab Meir. So why isn't the Halacha like him? Because his chaverim, all of his colleagues, weren't able to come to really understand the depth of all of his understanding. What do we see again over here? That the depth of his understanding was in a tremendous way. It wasn't only about being fluent. Another Gemara, the Gemara says, 
Talmud Rab Meir had a student. His name was Sumchus. On every single matter of Tumah, anything that was Tomei, he was able to give 48 reasons why it should be Tomei. And on every single thing of Torah, he would be able to give 48 reasons why it's Torah. What do we see over here? Even someone that's a Talmud of Rab Meir was on this level of Oiker Harim, of being able to really go very deeply into each and every matter of Halacha. Another Gemara, the Gemara says in Masechta Soita, that originally, Reb Meir came to learn by Rabbi Akiva. And since he wasn't able to really understand all the depth of Rabbi Akiva's teaching, he went to Rabbi Shmuel, and there he learned, the Gemara used the expression, Gomar Gemara, but Rashi says it means he learned just a simple Mishnah, just straight as they are. Then he went back to Rabbi Akiva, and Sovar Svoro, which Rashi explains, means to go really to understand the main deep reasons of the halacha and to be able to and take one halacha out of the other halacha, etc. So what do we see here? That even while Rabbi Meir was still on the level of a Talmud, the Talmud of Rabbi Akiva, he was already going into the deep timing of all of the Mishnayis, etc. Clearly this is the idea of Harifus, of sharpness, of Oiker Harim, of uprooting mountains. So seemingly we can no longer say that Svara anymore of the Be'er Sheva, which claims that Rab Meir was the one that was Sinai, and Rab Shimon ben Gamliel was the one that was Oiker Harim. So if that's the case, we're back to the same question. What's the connection between these two Machloikasin, whether Sinai is greater or Oiker Harim is greater? What's the connection between this Machloikas and the story that happened before between Rab Shimon ben Gamliel, Rab Meir, and Rab Nosson? In addition to this, the Rebbe says, there's some more things we need to understand. When the Knas was given to Rab Meir and Rab Nosson that nothing should be said in their name, why specifically were these titles chosen? Acheirim for Rab Meir and for Rab Nosson, Yesh Oimrim. A second question. We find in many Mishnayis where Rab Meir's name is mentioned clearly. How can we then come along and say that there is this Knas? How does this fit with the Knas that we said that we're not going to say anything in their name? And it's very difficult to say that all of those many Mishnayis where a mayor speaks and he's mentioned, these are all were set, these were all made before the story happened. And after this knas was given, then we have those few halachos where the title Acherim is given. A third question the Rebbe says, the Rebbe asks, in this sugya that where the story is brought, that as we said, Rebbe was teaching this Mishnah to Rabbi Shimon and his son. It seems to be that this back and forth between Rebbe and his son regarding how the name of Rab Meir should be mentioned, should it be said Acherim, or should we say Mishum Rab Meir Amru, in the name of Rab Meir it was said. So it seems like that's the whole discussion. How should, he, how should he be called? But seemingly it has nothing to do with the topic that they were discussing, which is the din of Meiser and Tumura, which is what we spoke about earlier. So the question is, why does that part of that Mishnah have to be mentioned? And furthermore, even after they have the discussion, when Reb Shimon asks his father, who are you quoting? And why are you not quoting him by name? What does he conclude? He says, then he taught him the Mishnah again, and it was said, Amru Mishum Rab Meir. If the Tmura would not, if it was a Tmura, then it wouldn't be brought on the Mizbeach. Why do we need to repeat the Halacha? Why is this Halacha so relevant over here? And why does it have to be repeated again in the name of Rab Meir? In order to explain all of this, the Rebbe says something similar to the Be'er Sheva. In other words, that these two ideas, the story of Rabbi Meir Abnosen, is to do 
with their disagreement with Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, which one is greater, Sinai or Oiker Harim? But the Rebbe turns it around the other way. Which, which one of these groups were Sinai and which one were Oikar Harim? The Rebbe says, in my humble opinion, it's actually the other way. Reb Meir, as we quoted a few Gemaras before, he, and similarly Reb Nason, they were on the level of Oikar Harim. They were the ones that were uprooting mountains. And Reb Shimon ben Gamliel, on the other hand, he was the one that was Sinai. He was the one that was fluent in all of the halachis. And the Rebbe says, this could also be understood from the fact that when the Gemara brings the Machloikas, it says, Rab Shimon ben Gamliel and Rabbanon argued. One said, Sinai is greater. The other one said, Oiker Harim is greater. So it's known when that type of expression is used and it doesn't say who said what, then usually we would say that the one who is mentioned first is the one that has the first opinion that's going to be said. And then the one that's mentioned second will have the second opinion. So in our case, when we say that there's a machloikas between Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel and the Rabbonon, and one says Sinai is better, then it makes sense to say Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel is the one actually that said Sinai is greater. Again, Sinai meaning the one that's fluent in all of the halachas. And Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Nason are the ones that say Oiker Harim is better. Now, I, you're going to ask the question, but what about the fact that Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel didn't learn Mesech to Uktzin? How can you call him Sinai if he didn't learn Masech to Uktzin? So the Rebbe says it does not mean he never learned it at all and he didn't know it. Because if that would be the case, how would he possibly learn all of the Inyanim of Uktzin in one night? Especially that it does not sound like from the Sugya that he learned it from some great Chacham that was fluent in all of the Inyanim of Uktzin. And also it wouldn't even be honorable that the Nasi should have to have someone to teach him all of this for the first time around. The Pshat of Loigomar Uktsin means that he didn't delve down into the deepest aspects, to the Oiker Harim aspects of those Mishnais. Of course he knew it, but he didn't delve down into the very deep Inyanim of it. And the Rebbe says, based on this, that we're speaking about that he didn't understand it to the greatest depth, not that he didn't know it, will be very much understood why they chose Uktsin specifically. This is a particularly hard Inyan, because it says in Mesech Brachas regarding Rav Yehuda, that his main learning was in the, in the, in the Seder of Nizikin. And when he would come to Uktsin, he would say, He would say, Whoa, these are such deep in Yonim, these are like the deep things that are analyzed by Rav and Shmuel, etc. In other words, as Rashi explains, these are very, very deep and difficult Mishnayas. So what do we see over here? That it's not just a matter of knowing them, but it's about knowing the, the depth of them. And therefore, Rabbi Meir Abnason wanted to show how deep they are in the deep understanding of the Mishnayis. They were going to ask him in Mesech to Uktsin. But again, we can still say that, yes, he was Sinai, he was fluent in it all, and they were the ones that were deeper, so to speak. Says the Rebbe, now we could come to understand why they called Rabbi Meir Acherim, and why Rabbi Meir tells us this svara that if it was a tumura, if the, again, if the 11th one was only on the din of a tumura, we wouldn't bring it on the Mizbeach. We'll also understand the reason why it's important to bring this halacha over here as part of the discussion between Rabbi Rabbi and his son Rabbi Shimon about whether Rabbi Meir's name should be mentioned because Davka, through all of this, we're going to understand the whole idea of what Rabbi Meir's opinion is as will soon be explained. The Rebbe says the general machloikas between if Sinai is greater 
or if Oiker Harim is greater, the Rebbe says, this could, we could say that this is basically the same machloikas of a famous question, which is greater, which outweighs the other, is it quality or quantity? In other words, when you have something that is greater in the quantity, but less in quality, on the other hand, you, on the other hand, you have something that has a much greater quality, but not so much quantity, which one of these two are going to be considered more important? Says the Rebbe, in a similar way we could say, is the Machloikas over here. This is the issue. Sinai means someone that learned Mishnah and Beraisa exactly as it was given from Har Sinai. Everything is clear. So his knowledge of Limudat Torah is a matter of quantity. Now maybe in quality he's not going down to the greatest depth of it. So he has qua- So by this person, it is the quantity that he has. On the other hand, the Oiker Harim is the person that's very sharp in all of the Halachas. His greatness in Torah is mainly... Of the quality nature, even though in the qual in the quantity he doesn't know as much as the person of Sinai. Here comes the machloikas. Which one is greater? Is it about more quantity or more quality? Rab Shimon, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, which we said he was the person that knew a lot. He was the one that was Sinai. So he says, Kamos. He says that the quantity is the main thing. On the other hand, Rab Meir and Rab which were very deep and sharp. They were the ones that say that quality is the main thing. Says the Rebbe, now we can also understand the particular name Acheirim that was given to Rab Meir. What does Acheirim mean? Acheirim means something else, something different. He's in a totally different category. In other words, he's a totally different quality. And therefore, when they wanted to give him a knasta, we're not going to say anything in his name. But nevertheless, they wanted to give him a name which will express what he's all about, which is Oiker Harim, that he's so deep. What do they call him? Achirim, someone else, someone different, a total different category. On the other hand, Rab Nosson, he's called Yesh Oimrim, which is not saying he's in a totally different category, but rather he, he also had a different way of going about things. Now, even though Rab Nosson is also in the category of Oiker Harim, nevertheless, we understand that there is, in this itself, there's many, many different levels. And Rab Meir was on a deeper level of Oiker Harim, and that's what we call him specifically Achirim. As we say, we quoted the Gemara before, that Abmeir was oiker hare harim. Mountains of mountains, and grinding them one with the other. And therefore Abmeir gets sort of a name that shows even on greater depth and greater sharpness, a special category for itself, which as we said, he gets the title with achirim. Says the Rebbe, now we could go back to the whole situation with the 11th one, whether it's considered a tumor or not. And we're going to understand why it's important in the discussion between Rebbe and his son, Rebbe Shimon, had to call Rebbe Meir, why it's relevant in this particular case. What does Rebbe Meir say? Rebbe Meir says, if the 11th one was only a tumura, was only an exchange for the 10th one, we wouldn't bring it on the Mizbeach. In this Vara, right over here, Rebbe Meir is telling us about his shita, the Maila of what? Of quality. Since Rabbi Meir says that quality is the most, most important, so according to him, even though you could try to bring a proof from the fact that we said before, that the Kedusha only go, goes to the one closest to it, and therefore it's only a little bit moving away from the original Kedusha, so that could be one side of the argument. But what does he say? He says, I have a better argument to the other side. He says, the argument is that the fact that it's brought on the Mizbeach this shows what kind of tremendous quality it has. In other words, the proof when we say that what becomes holy is only the ones closest to number 10, 
That's more a situation of quantity. In other words, what's the difference between number 9 and number 8? What's the difference between number 11 and number 12? It's only a matter of quantity. It's moving up a little bit further. The 9th and the 11th, and the 11th are closer to number 10. The 8th and the 12th are further. Whereas the proof that this itself is brought on the Mizbeach, it's showing on the quality, what kind of amazing quality this 9th or 11th has, that it's actually brought on the Mizbeach itself. And a mayor that holds that the quality is the main thing, therefore he will say, these carbonates that are these these number nine and eleven is not an exchange that wouldn't be brought on the mizbeach. The fact that it's brought on the mizbeach is showing the quality of it that it has an essential kedusha. Ah, what about the fact that it's only number nine and number eleven? So why is it only those two? So according to that mayor, that sort of would only that's not the, in other words that's not because it's closest. That's why it's closest, so to speak, to the source of the Kedusha, so therefore it also gets some of the Kedusha, and the further away it goes, it wouldn't have it. Rather, according to that mayor, it's just like sort of a simon that the Torah gave us. In other words, which animal does the Torah tell us the Kedusha of the tenth could go on? Those two that happen to be right next to it. But that's not that it's actually because it's closest that the Kedusha is extending. In other words, it's the actual, when you call it number ten, is the essential Kedusha of number 10 that came there, not only an extension. Says the Rebbe, this is why when the Gemara says, the Rebbe tells us on Reb Shimon, that he called Reb Meir Achirim, we also bring, in which context he said it, regarding the halacha of Meiser and Temurah, because this halacha is going to bring out this opinion of Reb Meir, that Eichos is the most important thing. And remember, this is the reason why we called him Achirim, as we said before, because Achirim means that he's in a totally different quality. And therefore, even after Rebbe said that he's not going to mention Rebbe Meir's name, because the, he is from the people that wanted to uproot your honor and your father's honor. What does Rebbe Shimon tell him? That nevertheless you should mention his name. What does is, what is Rebbe do? He says again the din of Ilu Haya Tumura Loi Haya Karev, that if, it was a, that if the 11th was a Tumura, it wouldn't have been brought on the Mizbeach. He's coming to hint that even though that in the Svarah of the Halacha, that if it would have been, uh, if it would have been just a tamura, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been brought on the mizbeach. In other words, this svara that eichos is the main thing. It's possible that, in other words, by mentioning this svara, this might be uprooting your honor. Because as we said before, let's just go back for a moment. Reb Meir was arguing with Reb Shimon ben Gamliel. Reb Meir was the one that was saying that the eichos is the ikar. And the depth is the main thing. As opposed to Reb Shimon ben Gamliel, the grandfather of this Reb Shimon. So in other words, by mentioning this Svara, seemingly this is uprooting the covet of your grandfather that had a totally different opinion. Nevertheless, he is going to mention it right now when he repeats it to his son. To, he's going to mention the name of Reb Meir, because as Reb Shimon, his son told him a good logical reason that the hate and the jealousy is all over, etc. On the other hand, nevertheless, he's still showing that as a result of the honor of the, fa- of the father and grandfather, he's going to change it slightly, and instead of saying Rab Meir Oimer, he says Amru Mishum Rab Meir, because ultimately with this svara they did want to uproot the honor of the family. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand very simply why many times in the Mishnah we do quote Rab Meir, even though we called him already with the name Achirim, because only in those Mishnahs, where the words of Rab Meir is connected with this general concept that quality is the main thing, plus 
It's Mishnahs that were said after this particular story happened. It's in those cases specifically that we would then call him with the name Acherim. However, in all other Mishnayis, which again either happened before or are not really focusing on this my love quality, we definitely do mention Rabmeir by name.